Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 2020 season. As you well know by now, this is going to be a little bit different. And the pandemic of 2020 has caused uh, a lot of issues for sports around the country. With the spread of coronavirus and COVID-19, uh, of course, a delay of the major league season, canceled games, and now a 60-game season is staring us in the eyes, beginning two weeks from today. We're going to have rule changes, social distancing measures, smaller travel parties, quarantining, frequent testing. So much there, we couldn't cover it all in this podcast. It's all going to be part of a new normal for the 2020 championship season. But hey, we're going to play baseball, and that's the most important thing. Sans fans, mind you, but it will be baseball. And you're going to get to see that Josh Hader fastball, that Christian Yelich swing, that gold glover in center field named Lorenzo Cain. Let's just embrace all of that and enjoy the fact that live sports entertainment is coming our way and it's coming by way of our favorite team and our favorite sport. Well, the Brewers have 58 players currently on their 60-man roster in summer camp or spring training 2.0 or ramp-up camp, whatever you want to call it, as the Brewers get ready for this 60-game season. And yes, that is a 60-man roster and not a 40-man roster. Again, the rules have been adapted for this year. Twelve of those players are currently expected to report next week to camp in Appleton at the Brewers Class A affiliate in Wisconsin. Most of these names are prospects like Bryce Terang, Corey Ray, Mario Feliciano, left-handed pitcher Ethan Small, and right-handed pitcher Phil Bickford, who staged a big comeback last year in the minor leagues for the Brewers farm system. Brewers can still add two more names into the mix should they choose to do so. Camp in Milwaukee has been open for almost a week, and we've had two schedule releases already in this week, one for this season, and of course the 2021 season schedule was released on Thursday. One of the early highlights of camp so far has seemed to be an at-bat between Christian Yelich and Brandon Woodruff in Thursday's situational scrimmage. The at-bat wore on, lightning struck beyond center field, there was a loud boom, and it had people talking about the movie The Natural. Craig Council was glad to get Woodruff a five-inning outing, and he liked what he saw from his right-hander. I mean, I think just to get, you know, the volume of pitches, so we just – the goal yesterday was to get him up and down five innings, um, and, and so we controlled the pitches, obviously, but, but we, we got there, and I thought he finished – I, I thought he got better as the outing went along. And so that's um, exactly what you want to see. Um, the next time he pitches, we will just play the innings kind of straight um, and, and just see how it goes. Uh, so um, his, his preparation and his progression is right on path to where we'd like it to be. The evolution of this still young fireballer has been fun to watch. Woody is a down-to-earth guy, and he dominated when he was healthy a season ago. He is a driven athlete. And the skipper thinks his progression has been in line with where it should be. Yeah, it, it's a young, it's a pitcher who's just, um, 
he's developing and right. And it's just, he's getting a little bit better every time we see him. Um, and that's, it's been very, it's been a very even progression to me. Um, it's been the way it's supposed to happen. Um, the way you want it to happen. Um, I think we all want development to go really fast. Um, but Woody's just taking a nice, you know, logical path, clean path to, to getting better. And, um, and now we're, we're getting to a pretty good place. And I actually think he's in a place where he, he really, he wants more. I mean, I think he still thinks he's got a ways to go and can get to a much better place. So it's, I think he's in a great place with still thinking I have room to grow and, and I'm going to get better. This is going to happen. And so it's, it's, it's a good scenario for us, for sure. Um, I will say that, you know, the, the, the moment that the, the at bat, it was the at bat of the game for sure. Yelich and Woody, the second, the second at bat. And it was because it was just both players, you know, it ended up in a strikeout, but both, it was a long at bat. Um, and Woody made some great pitches and Yelich hit some great foul balls, which you don't say very often, but he did. He hit some great foul balls. He laid off some tough pitches. Um, and then the, the, the lightning struck in the outfield. And then I, you know, you get, you think of the movie. It was, so it was, it was for a, for an inter squad game on day two of this uh, whole, whole thing. It was, it was definitely the moment of the day. Woodruff himself admits that facing Yelich almost immediately was a good early test. And it was something that the two of them joked about earlier in the day. We were joking um, earlier that morning. Uh, we were both in the weight room at the same time. And it's like, well, you know, um, yeah, he was like, well, we get the battle today, you know. I was like, yeah, uh, let's see what we got. Uh, he stepped in, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's see. I'll see, what, you know, where my stuff's at real quick. So, um, I think on the first one, I think I got a little help from the umpire um, on that strike three call. So, um, but then the, the second at bat, um, I was trying to um, – I got a couple fastballs by him, and then he started fighting me off, and I was trying to um, – bury a slider on him and it's like you you get to see what you see from the dugout and that he does not even budge at breaking stuff and it's like man he's such a he's such a good hitter and um I think you know coming after the game and was just talking to him about you know what he saw and what you know what he what he saw from everything and now we're talking about one of the best hitters on the planet earth right now so um what he's just not your average Joe so um, he sees pitches like that, breaking pitches, um, you know, out of the hand pretty well. So, um, you know, that, that let me know that was something I could, I could definitely work on. So, um, it was good to, to face Yelly. I hadn't faced him, I think since 2017 when he was with the Marlins and I was first called up. So, um, obviously really good hitter, probably the best hitter in the game. And it was good to get some feedback from him. Some camps around the MLB have experienced delays and pauses in workouts due to waiting on test results, but not the Brewers. Led by Director of Medicine Roger Kaplinger and the Brewers Traveling Secretary Dan Larea, it's been smooth sailing thus far, according to President of Baseball Operations David Stearns. We've been fortunate that, that by and large things have gone smoothly for us. They've gone as planned. Um, Roger Kaplinger deserves a ton of credit. Dan Larea deserves a ton of credit. Um, our coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for, for getting this ready and, and ready to go. And 
And look, this is a massive undertaking for Major League Baseball and the Players Association. They're, they're working on the, the testing um, in a combined fashion. They're testing thousands and processing thousands of, of tests a day. Um, this, is, this is something that's, that hasn't really been done and they've ramped it up extremely quickly. So some glitches at the front end um, were to be expected. We, we really haven't suffered many of them at all. And as you guys have seen, we've been able to, to run our camp pretty smoothly. And even though this is just a 60-game season, everyone is all in on trying to win the whole thing. The Brewers have a lot to like in terms of roster construction for a 60-game sprint when you consider that they can now utilize a DH. Hello, Ryan Braun, Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, Logan Morrison. And when you also take into consideration that they still have an elite bullpen with great depth, the guy at the back of that bullpen, Josh Hader, thinks this team can benefit from a short season. Oh, it would be unreal. Um, you know, that's one of the things that we go every season is, you know, we want to make the postseason and also, you know, take it to the World Series. So, you know, mentality is still the same no matter uh, the amount of games that we play. You know, it definitely gives us, um, you know, benefits since it's such a short season. So the wear and tear isn't going to be as bad as if you were playing 162. So, you know, it, it feels more of a sprint than a, than a more of a marathon uh, as if we were playing a full season. So that could be a huge benefit towards the pitchers and just the rest of, you know, the hitting staff just being, you know, I guess fresh. And, of course, we got to hear from the MVP. If anything else, watching Christian Yelich play baseball again will be reward enough for us all, right? Seems like a decade ago that the Brewers announced his extension, but in reality, it was just a few days before the season got delayed. Yelich takes the role of entertaining the country very serious. Yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to the, the opportunity to get back out there and um, provide some, some entertainment, and, which has obviously been a uh, tough first half of the year for uh, a lot of people. And we're taking that serious and, and trying to do everything we can to – just get back out there and make sure that we follow um, all the rules and regulations that we have to to enable that process to, to take place. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, we have a long way to go, obviously, but um, we would definitely really enjoy the opportunity to get back on the field and, and provide some excitement and entertainment to not only our own city and state, but uh, the rest of the country. So that's a quick breakdown of things that have gone on and some of the sounds from the first week of camp. The Brewers have been going through situational scrimmages. They'll have full inter-squad games coming up next week, and those should be exciting as well. And, of course, the season starts on July 24th in Chicago against the Chicago Cubs. But there's been other news on the Brewers' front. Of course, in June was the MLB Amateur Draft, and the Brewers drafted Garrett Mitchell out of UCLA. He signed this week, and I had a chance to catch up with him to talk about everything that's transpired this spring and summer for the outfielder. Let's break it down. Garrett Mitchell is our guest here on Brewers on Tap, and of course the Brewers' first-round draft pick this year out of UCLA, and I know the Brewers were thrilled that you were available when they selected number 20 in the first round this year. And, and I know you have a comfort level as well with the Brewers organization because of uh, relationships you had formed over your high school years, even before you went to UCLA. So this, this seemed like a natural fit for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's great. And you know what, just, you know, being able to come up to Milwaukee, get to talk to some people, obviously with social distancing and, you know, kind of just getting a, 
an idea of how the organization is and, you know, their philosophies and the things that they believe. I know that uh, for me, I'm excited. I know they're excited and I'm, I'm ready to get to work. So I'm, I'm really thankful for this opportunity to be with such a great organization and I'm glad to be here. Gary, it's been a different spring and summer, as we all know. And so some of the typical experiences you'd get by being drafted maybe weren't there this time around. But at the same time, it's still a happy story at the end. You, you get drafted, you get a sign, and you start your professional career now. How has it been in terms of kind of taking it one day at a time with everything being a little bit different than what you would normally imagine going through this process? It's, it's a, little, a little bit different, obviously. It's a little bit unorthodox, and it's just – there's a lot of things that are we cannot control right now with everything that's going on. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is just to kind of enjoy each moment at a time right now, spending time with my friends and my family. You know, this is never going to happen again where I'm going to have this much time to be home. But I've, with that, I've taken this time to really enjoy that as well as really keep my head down and stay out of, you know, any light and really just kept working and training and hitting and, doing therapy and doing whatever it is I got to do to, you know, stay prepared for whatever is going to be asked for me to do. And no matter what, I just, I'm, I'm just thankful because we, regardless of this whole pandemic, this could have gone a lot of different ways. There could have not been a draft or anything, but you know, I, I thank God and I thank my friends and my family, um, specifically my mom and my dad and my sister and my stepdad for, you know, all that they've done for me and everything that they've instilled in me as a, as a man, and just how to be as well as my coaches at UCLA. And I'm just, I'm just thankful for, for all the opportunities I've been given. And I just, I can't wait. And I can't say this enough. I cannot wait to get to work. I thought the night that you were drafted, you gave a really good answer when people were talking to you about your power, because uh, anybody that has scouted you, if you read all the reports, everybody talks about all your tools and that the power is there as well, even though maybe the numbers weren't the same in college as you might expect. You were a leadoff hitter at UCLA for John Savage. And, of course, what he's asking you to do at the top of the order is a lot different than if you were hitting three or four. And I thought you explained that really well. And I've talked to some college coaches on the West Coast that have seen you play, and they said, look, the power's there, and it's going to show up when he gets to the, to, to the professional side of his career. How confident are you that, that now this, that part of your game gets to take off as well? A hundred percent happy about it and confident because at the end of the day, especially with, you know, having to start in the minor leagues, it's about development. It's not going to be always about winning games and it's about kind of individualizing things for a player to work on and, you know, things that they want to see because obviously that the end goal is to get to the, the pro major league side of it and me playing for the Brewers. And I know that the more time I get to just focus on some of the things that I might've not been able to have in college, um, this is going to give me a lot of good things to think about, work through, and have people who really can break down my swing, break down a lot of the things that I do, and help me be in the best position possible to, you know, elevate those power numbers. But for me, the biggest thing is the speed. It's my best tool, and using that to my abilities the, is the one thing that I know <laughs> will always be there. So defensively, base running, you know, that's something I do really well, and I want to continue to, to work on that as well. But I know that, obviously, with everything going on, it's a little bit different. But when when we can all come together and, in a safe way and kind of get back to doing things normally, I know that it's going to be really beneficial to me and to this organization um, for me to, 
to go out there and work my butt off and do what I can. You made a huge jump going into your sophomore year at UCLA, and you mentioned John Savage, and it's a, it's a great program with a ton of tradition and a lot of major leaguers have been produced just in the John Savage era at UCLA alone. Where do you think your game improved the most over your time at UCLA? I think it improved in all aspects, truthfully, and I think that's on and off the field. I think that, you know, the three years at UCLA going from, you know, being 18 out of high school and then 21 when leaving UCLA, I mean, those are really important years. That That's the years of, you know, being a a kid into a man. And the thing is, I think that these three years are something that I'll never forget, and they really did change me. And the fact of the matter is that within within that on-the-field talk, basically just it really is everything because obviously I've had the tools for a long time but it was a matter of putting them to use in you know real game-like situations and the fact that just all the whole coaching staff believed in me and really trusted and you know what I was able to do and to let me slowly kind of work my way into where I am now gives you a lot of confidence knowing that you know they believe in me and I didn't have to do any more than that that they were asking it was just go out there and, and play your game and do the things that you do to the best of your ability. You don't have to go out there and try to do more. And that's the big thing about the game of baseball, though. I, I, it's, it's a team sport. It's not about one person doing all the heavy lifting and everyone else just sits around and watches. And I really bought into that my sophomore year in that there, all the other eight guys behind me had a job to do, and they all did it really well. And I was able to go out there and just play my brand of baseball as well, UCLA's brand of baseball. And that was just to go out there and win. And I took that into my junior year as well. And the one thing I can take from my junior year, even though it was shortened, um, I believe that I made strides in some of the numbers and the, some of the things that weren't as good my sophomore year. I cut down my strikeout rate. I kept my on-base percentage and my average. It was higher at the time. Obviously, we played less games. But, you know, I was just kind of getting in the swing of things again. I wasn't really up to, you know, what I felt like was my best game yet at that time through the first 15 games. So I felt like I was getting to that point. So, you know, obviously that sucked losing out on, you know, having a good junior year and trying to go win a World Series. But, you know, that happened for everyone. So I know everyone else is in the same boat as well. Garrett, how do you approach the rest of the summer now? Uh, it's normally you'd be off at an affiliate you've signed, and now you'd go start your minor league career as you try to develop and, and build yourself towards the big leagues. Do you just kind of take it one – day at a time now for the rest of the summer try to stay in playing shape and see what happens next yeah I mean it's it's the same thing as it's been since we stopped playing in March you know it's just focusing one day one moment at a time just like you would on a baseball field anyway but you know for me I've been spending a lot of this time trying to you know continually stay mobile stay loose work on some of my games that I feel like I needed to work on when having this time off <laughs> as well as getting a little bit more rest here and there, because obviously I wouldn't have been having this time off and just trying to eat well and feel good, feel good. Sorry. But you know, with that, it's going to be the same thing. It, it, I'm, I'm home now again, and I'm back to eating and training and doing what I was doing before I took off to Milwaukee and when I was home before. So for me, nothing really changes. It's just a matter of staying prepared. Um, physically, mentally, and emotionally for whatever, you know, the Brewers want me to do and whatever I, um, I'm being asked to do. So um, whatever the case may be for that, I'm going to be ready to go.
Garrett, last question. You've been asked this a lot, I think, since you got drafted, the TikTok dance, man. Did you think it was going to get as big as it did? That thing blew up fast. You know, it's funny. I forgot who was telling me it the other day. It might have been, it might have been Todd, but I think that is the most like watched video in Milwaukee Brewers history or something. I think that's what he was saying. And it was funny because, I mean, truth be told, if <laughs> let's be real, if it weren't for, for my girlfriend, I don't think it blows up like that. Truth be told, because obviously she is a social media influencer and, you know, she's known for doing that as well as being a heck of a softball player as well at Oregon. But, you know, that definitely helps. So truth be told, I don't know if that would have really been the case. And I don't know if I really would have been doing something like that if it weren't for her. But, you know, just another way of ex expanding something that I'm not used to doing, uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, you know, it's fun. It's exciting, you know, doing something different. And like I said, it's, it's something that people, you know, kind of follow along with and watch and, you know, try it or get excited about it or want to see it happen in person. And I think that's good. I think it's great, especially in a time like this, it's something to look forward to. And for me, I, I, I'm so excited to be able to play Milwaukee when the time comes. And, you know, I've been really welcomed by the fans. Um, when it comes to just me as a baseball player, me as a type one diabetic, um, I felt a lot of support from, you know, a fan base that I know is diehard and is there and, you know, really is really into what the organization is doing. So, you know, with that, it comes, you know, more excitement, you know, just to be myself. And like I said, it's a little, the, the doing the TikToks isn't really something I'm used to, but, it's within my nature and, you know, who I am as a person, the laughing, messing around type of attitude that it, it fits well. So um, <laughs> when it comes to TikToking, there probably will be, you know, many more to come in the years to come. But uh, as of now, I got to keep staying focused because I still got a job to do. And that's play baseball first and foremost. Well, this fan base loves personality. And uh, that was a great first impression that you uh, left on them. Uh, the night you were drafted by the Brewers. Congratulations again on signing your contract and, and being drafted by the Brewers. And uh, we can't wait to see you when you get up here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And my thanks to Garrett Mitchell for joining us on Brewers on Tap. That is going to do it for us. And this week's edition of Brewers on Tap, we'll be back with you with another camp recap next week, right here on Brewers on Tap. Until then, be healthy, be safe, and go Brewers. I'm Lane Brunner. Brewers.